Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go. Go. <sighs> Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast Never Ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is the ever fantabulous Mike Sutherland. Yay! <laughs> validation. Oh, there is validation in the world of Joe Spiegel. Do you want to know what that is? No. On four separate occasions, the actor known as Jonathan Banks, a.k.a. Mr. Mike Ehrman Trout, from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul Famage, and also one of my favorites, the, the asshole goon for uh, Victor Maitland in the original Beverly Hills Cop, uh, and also also got gunned down in the hotel in the beginning of 48 Hours. Dude, Jonathan you fucking, Banks? fucking chat. You, you just ex- give t- so much goddamn exposition. I really just, I want to throw something at you. It's like... It's like a brain fart. All you had to say was Jonathan Banks. The dude that was in Breaking Bad, he's in Better Call Saul. Yeah. Instead of just the whole fucking rundown. You may know him better from Beverly Hills Cop. It was Victor Maitland's good. If there was any more rundown, The Rock would have paid a visit. Yeah. Oh, I'm he, sorry. He would have asked for fucking royalties. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Him and Sean Scott Williams. <laughs> so back to, to the validation is, the validation is that on like four occasions, Jonathan Banks has hit like or has responded to a, f- a comment of mine on his feed. And why is that validation? Because, <laughs> because uh, an actor of the of the style of the of stop <laughs> with the exposition. <laughs> You're being a dick again. Yeah. Oh, don't show me those stupid videos. <laughs> you gotta let go of the fucking. You gotta let go of the, the goddamn American Ninja. No, no, I don't. God damn it. Anyway, it just it's really cool uh, to to see someone like Jonathan Banks actually sp- take enough time out of his day to, you know, just do a little, you know, hey, that's pretty funny there, buddy, or something. You know, it, it's it's cool. It, that, that's all I gotta say. I think it's pretty cool. Sans exposition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this looks like a. Anime style of uh, Fist in the North Star. Oh, <laughs> you need to be louder. <laughs> Tell me that wasn't awesome. Did I did I not notice it? Did I not recognize the style? Except it was right there on the right. I, I didn't side. read any. I swear to God, oh. I didn't read any. Of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just focused on the on the whole. <laughs> I always watched it in the English dub. I just want to hear him say. There it is. I was going to do a flick of the week <laughs> for Fist of the North Star. Dude, that's what I after need to I download watched, for the fucking American Ninja movie uh, trivia thing. After I watched like all 151 episodes of the series, but I got to like episode 110 or 109 and I had to stop. Because once you hit like 100, it th- that's over. It's over with. And then, then the episodes after that, are they call it part two, but it's still in number. So I... I got, it just got, I was like, dude, he's already killed fucking everyone he's encountered. And, and just, they've read, every episode has a redo, like half of it's a redo of the episode before it or something. It's just, 
I like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to make it to the end of the Fist of the North Star so I can do a flick of the week for it. I, I just can't. I can't fucking do it. I, no. Okay. So I don't know if I'll ever go back and finish it or not. Um, <laughs> but it is that if without that show, there would be a lot of other enemies that might not exist because of it. So um, it is a uh, pioneer. Uh, not really. Have you ever watched Bastard? No. Oh, you got to watch Bastard. Have you ever watched the HBO original film Bastard out of Carolina? No. It's, a, it's about that? rape and I don't know something else I don't know. or something. I'm talking know. about the anime bastard. I know I'm just fucking with you. Um, no, I don't. But you know what I would like to do? I would like to finish this intro. <laughs> That's what I would like to do too. <laughs> Fifteen hours. Wait, I'm sorry. French accent. Three hours later. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yay! Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, this is our War for the Planet of the Apes episode. We are going to talk about that fine piece of Matt Reeves directed oh, art. Right. I got to do that. All right. Um, we'll also talk about whatever our Rotten Tomato predictions were for it. Yes, and our um, pick of the week. And we'll talk about our flicks of the week. Mine is the Netflix documentary from 2013 called Extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story. It is about a man who has claimed to have uh, been abducted and stalked by aliens for the last 13 years okay. of, of the documentary. Um, <laughs> we'll get into more of that. And then uh, whatever else? What else are we going to get into, Mike? Hold on a second. <laughs> I got There's a, a name I have to look up. Hold on. There, there was a rhythm. You know You know there was a rhythm there, right? And then you're like, oh, I got to hold on. Hold on. Put the brakes on really? it. Really? That's how I talk? Put the, bra- <laughs> Put the brakes on it. And then hold on. Hold on, buddy. I'm gonna. <laughs> I just. I, I I watched a movie. There was a movie on um, HBO or Stars or whatever. Hold uh-huh. on, I gotta fuck a Steve. Stars. <laughs> it was on HBO. Okay. And I can't for the life remember what the fucking movie was. But the movie that was the there was another one on after that. It was a comedy. It was like I don't know. It, it, whatever the fuck doesn't matter. And. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this and enjoy it, blah, blah, blah. And then the next movie that was on after was like The Three Amigos. I'm like, I haven't seen that movie in ages. Fuck yeah, that's going to be my pick of the week. Right? I still have not seen it all the way through. And it wasn't The Three Amigos. Oh, it was a lie. It was a lie. I was lied to. <laughs> it was not the St- Steve Martin movie. Mentirosas. It was the fucking awful stand-up comedy special with Carlos Mencia, <laughs> Pablo Francisco, and Freddie Soto. And look, the only funny part of that whole thing was Pablo Francisco. Okay. Pa- Dude, when he does um uh the Don LaFontaine m- movie trailer voiceover guy. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. He did um he did the the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. tortilla thing. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to, to, try to steal my tortillas. Yeah. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> little is. tortilla boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking great. I love that shit. I've always liked Pablo Francisco, dude. The, uh, for example, Pandora Radio on my comedy channel, I don't hit uh, thumbs. It's up. all about me. I don't hit thumbs up on anything except ones that stand out. And that Pablo Francisco one where he does the movie trailer voiceover guy, that is a thumbs up one because I love to hear that come back on and on again. That's awesome. Fuck so you. Getting back into it. <laughs> and the, so. the gun argument thing from uh, Jim Jeffries. That's uh, fucking hilarious. Any more? Oh, yes. The half hour. It's a half hour long of, um, uh, God damn, who, 
what's the guy's name? He had uh, Stacy Keach's his dad on the TV show that he had on Fox for three seasons. Christopher Titus. Titus. Okay. He goes in a half an hour skit on Pandora Radio about him meeting Bruce Springsteen. Do you know what people are doing right now? They're snoring. Switching over to Pandora. They're switching. Well, they're, they're or or eating a bullet. <laughs> You're a fucking dick dyke, man. You. I'm son just of trying a bitch. to get through it. You fucking. You fucking don't you. So what did you see? Oh, enough about you. More about me. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> fucking exactly. <laughs> this. I don't want. Ugh. We still have Fuck this three intro. amigos. Fuck. Fuck that. I was, and I wanted to talk about Rumble in the Bronx, but it came with. <laughs> oh, you mean the hovercraft with wheels? I love Rumble in the Bronx. Rum, no, man, that was a real hovercraft. What was it? No, it wasn't. If you watch the close-up scenes when it's driving down the that street, that was a real hovercraft. You'll see the curtains on the side that are made to look like the the fucking the cushion. Though there's two of them. There's the one that was on the actual water, and there was the one that was driving down the streets. The one that was driving down the streets was a parade float, dude. I'm not fucking kidding. <laughs> you, I got, fuck. I, I'm sorry. I didn't want us to get into it because I have. Uh, I saw that in theaters myself back in '95. There it is right there. And I believe, actually, hovercrafts do have wheels so that they can come onto the ground. You know what? Maybe you're right, but I'm just saying that when it was on the on the streets, it was That's not... it right there. When it was on the streets, it was not hovering. It was on wheels, and it looked it looked like, like the, the cushion around it, you know, the flotation device, the raft or whatever you want to call it, it, it you could tell that it's fake. It was just a curtain covering the wheels. Or whatever. Whatever you believe. On the what? It was funny because he broke his leg in that movie too. Yeah, he broke his leg jumping onto the hovercraft. Uh-huh. Because he's a fucking pimp. All right. God, that part where he jumps through the the the, the grocery basket. Yeah. It just I mean, if you watch the behind the scenes where it shows how many times it. Took I him wouldn't to know. It. You're doing my movie review for me. <laughs> I got more to talk about it than that anyway. All right. Ooh, who was that? Go back up. Go back up. No. She was like Lauren Cohan, dude, wet with wet hair. <laughs> Mm. Will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> All right, so I finally figured out why that annoys me. The breathing in thing? No, the whole fucking oh my god, look at her. Because we're not twelve. <laughs> we're not fucking twelve years old. We're we've moved on into this. We're in our thirties and forties, and it's okay to go. Oh my god, she's hot. But to do the whole fucking Kevin Smith pervy. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. I wanna. It's all. Like, it, you're really gonna break down my my, my my humor? Well, no, I'm breaking. Uh, in general, it's fucking dumb, because like anybody that does that, that's our age. When they go, oh, it just it reminds me of my buddy Carl. And my buddy Carl. Carl. Would, yeah, my brother. <laughs> 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 Carl. Oh, great! He took my freaking kidney. Carl. So. <laughs> My, my buddy Carl would do that. It, it was just like, oh, oh my God. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, he would just do that all the fucking time. So when so Carl. <laughs> and so that's going to be my response. Every time you just go into exposition, <laughs> I'm just going to start saying Carl. <laughs> and and for guys to do that when they're older, yeah. is, it's... It's beyond like fucking creepy. That that that's why it, to me it's funny because I'm trying to sound creepy on purpose. Okay, it's not like I'm no, you, you, I no, don't no, think no. it's purpose. I, <laughs> Fuck you! Oh, it's the creepy horny Joe coming out. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, it is. No, because I'm horny all the time, it's no like, matter what. Uh, no matter what what you're hearing from me, uh, I'm always horny. That's not what this is. What it is is me trying to be funny by sounding creepy on purpose. 
it's it's like it's like when you're hanging out with a chick and you you do purpose over the top creepy things to make her laugh because it just to let her know that you you know you know it's creepy and it you know you say something really creepy but you do it in a in a over dramatic funny way so that she knows that you're you know that you're that you're cool no <laughs> i don't know how i don't have a girlfriend so i don't know i didn't say girlfriend i said anyway all right I know. I'm saying I don't have a girlfriend, so I don't know what you're talking about. All right. So the the only thing else that we're going to talk about on this show tonight, uh, if we ever get to it, because um, people time is going to be the season premiere of Game of Thrones season seven. Uh, other than that, uh, that's all we got. And uh, take it away, Johnny. <laughs> all right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 How you with fucking De Niro just screaming, you blew it. You blew it from uh, Copland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For if that muffin, if that muffin raises enough. Yeah, dick I, butt. <laughs> ugh. Dick yeah, butt. I just, um, ever since that thing happened at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. What? Every time they show Jackie Chan, he's usually got his mouth open. <laughs> Ooh. Dude, drunken master. Holy shit. Dude, you gonna let me fucking finish? <laughs> if you start talking. If I start talking. Come on, just say something. I, I'm trying to. Fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm in the dentist chair. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like after the dentist chair. It's, it's, like, it's like if I could. Yeah. It's like the lethal weapon for dentist scene. Yeah. <laughs> this is Joe Pesci. Yamimbi means Yamimbi. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. All right. <laughs> I was going to tell you, I, I wanted to do the, the fucking, the you blew it so we could, every time we talk about Walmart. Yeah. Because I'm not giving up on this. I'm fucking, I am committed 100% <laughs> to just being a complete dick about what happened. Dude. Because my shit got stolen. Dude. From my car at Walmart. Dude, you, you keep this up and you're going to lose your fucking raise that you got, man. Oh, no. And your, and your promotion. My 22 cent raise. Oh, you actually did get a raise. Yeah, I, I got, <laughs> I, I got a twenty cent raise. You sure, it wasn't the arm raise. The that's that. <laughs> I got that too. Fisting. Yeah. Is that the fisting ant? Um, you know, hand gesture now. No, that's up yours. Up, yeah, up yours with a fist. Not really, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Fuck the three amigos. Let's get into this. <sighs> this guy is just awful. Freddie Soto sucks, huh? Freddie Soto's awful, dude. He looks like the Mexican. Uh, he had, uh, dude. The fuck, guy. What's his name? Fogler. Yeah, Jared Fogler. Yeah, Fogler. You know, Dan Fogler. 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 Whatever. He he had an opportunity to do a really good set for his for the stand up thing, uh-huh. and every time he would just stop, he would he would get into this good story, right? Mm-hmm. But he would go into the atypical fucking bullshit story about growing up right 
you know, when we were growing up poor. And he would twist it and he would do all these things. He would talk about, you know, dad, his dad saying calling, sh- instead of calling them shoes, they would say choose, right? Yeah. And then another, there was another word, you know, chicken. You know, he would call it chicken, chicken. Okay. You know, how do you spell chicken? You know, get your shoes on. Yeah. It's like how how and he would go into that story about just those two words and it would be fucking fantastic. And then but there's no payoff. Okay. And then he would stop and then he would look at the audience and go <laughs> like he was laughing at his own shit. It's like the only people You're that, fucking ruining your own act by doing that. Yeah, the only people that can get away with that shit are Patton Oswalt and fucking C C K Louis C. K. Yeah, <laughs> but even then, I mean, look they go into this whole fucking story and they don't do it. They don't stop every three minutes or every two minutes yeah. and then start laughing at the audience or yeah. laughing at their own joke because it's, it's supposed to be really funny. If it fits with his his own character, then it would work. But you're saying it doesn't work with him. It doesn't work. With his character. Okay. It doesn't work with the way he's telling these stories because it just reminds me of bad 80s stand-up. Okay. You know? Okay. But how would you compare him on the George Lopez scale? I know, huh? I don't care about George Lopez. I know, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but he's tr- he's trying to be George Lopez. Okay. You know, uh, throwing in all the Spanish words and yada, yada, yada. But we'll get into that, so. <laughs> but might as well just finish it off, though. All right, so before we go off track again, or I go off track, or whoever the fuck goes off track. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? He's dead. Freddie Soto died? Yeah. He's been dead for 12 years. Oh, Oh, you are some old shit then. Apparently. Fuck, bro. I, I thought, bro. I thought you were. Um, this was like recent shit. I thought it was recent. Oh, I wait, thought it was wait. new. You know why? I, I because I thought like you know Mencia had made a comeback or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, he died at the age of thirty-five. Oh, three things: uh, alcohol, fentanyl, and Xanax. Morphine. Oh, more than that. Shit. Yeah. Right. I was reading to the right. To the right is, like, I guess, the, the Cliff Notes version. Alprazolam, Xanax, a sedative, benzodiazepine, anti-anxiety. Oh, that's a good good cocktail, man. Yeah. The uh, cocktail of uh, muerte. Yeah, that's, that's too bad. That's a shame. Because he could have been really fucking good if... So, yeah, the Three Amigos was... Would uh, you say that that special. was his best punchline? Him dying? Ramshot. Ba-dum-bum. boom <laughs> No, the guy had fucking talent. Uh-huh. He just he he needed to massage it, and make it better. I know it's like when you listen to like early Patton Oswalt and to to like now or, or like you know the last ten years to Patton Oswalt. It, it, there's like this huge difference in his delivery and his timing and everything. So yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's honing the craft and right. the skills. But I, I know. he he was also he he jumped on the Carlos Mencia bandwagon at an early age. So. Oh, uh, an, er, during the early times. Me being a fan of Jim Jeffries, um, he has his own comedy uh, central, you know, fucking political politico show, as well. And I don't normally care for that shit, you know, the Colbert Report and whatever they used to have and the Today Show. But him, because the whole episode, he is Jim Jeffries. He's always just the fucking. He's the Archie Bunker of the network, if you will. You know, he doesn't he doesn't give a shit about. You know, padding it. You know, he's fucking honest and he's brutal and it's fucking hilarious. Jim Jeffrey, even though his show is definitely one-sided politically, it's still funnier and shit because of how he delivers it. So, uh, if you get a chance, I would say definitely check out Jim the Jim Jeffrey's uh, show on Comedy Central. Carlos Mencia's real name is Ned Arnell. 
That is, uh, that is Texan. <laughs> he was he was professionally as Carlos Mencia and previously as Ned Holness. Ned Holness, and then he changed his name. Um, before we get into the review for the movie, I want to talk about this real quick. Ooh, is there going to be an accent? From Joe Rogan. I'm going to quote Joe Rogan. Carlos Mencia is a weak-minded joke thief. I still love comedy, still do after all these years. I love a good joke, and I love a different point of view that makes me laugh. That's why I got into stand-up in the first place, because I'm a fan of the art form. (coughs) To this day, after 17 years in the business, I still get excited when I see good (coughs) stand-up. When I see a really good stand-up go on stage, it inspires me. Rock, Chappelle, Attell. Dave Attell is fucking amazing, by the way. Oh, Stan Hope. Yeah, I've heard him. He's pretty funny. Norton, DePaulo, any other fucking great stand-up comedian go on stage. I just love it. Even more now than ever before. The place you need to take your it's yeah, the place you need to take your mind to think of something no one else has thought of before, or at least thought that no one else or at least a thought that no one else has been able to put into form that makes people laugh. It's an amazing skill and it's an incredibly underappreciated art form. I love when someone is really good at it, and I really, really fucking hate when someone is faking it. That's why I've been so outspoken against joke thieves. There's nothing more frustrating to me than seeing someone pretending that they came up with this with some genius shit that someone else worked really hard to form. I heard the ignorant arguments from non-stand-ups like every comments, comic steals, which is total bullshit. Great comics don't steal. They may be influenced by others, especially early in their careers, but the truly great ones pride themselves in being able to craft original thoughts for their audience. There's nothing more satisfying than taking an idea that you have, fleshing it out, finding the funny parts, perfecting the flow of the words, and then presenting it to an audience and watching them howl with laughter. A lot of comics, me included, got into comedy because we were a fan of great comics, and we used to recite other comics' lines to our friends. For Joe, it was Richard Pryor and Sam Kinison. Some people never get there, though. The urge to kill is just too strong, and a character is just too weak. I skipped a whole bunch. They see someone else taking talking about a subject, and they'll rewrite it and try to pretend it's theirs, or they'll just do it word for word and hope no one notices. They never go through the hard parts and never learn how to do it right. They just become thieves. Their time on stage, whether they, they're killing or not, is just hollow fakery. They're mimickers. The real scary thing is that even though a lot of people are aware of that, aware of the, what these guys are doing, some clubs still employ them because they can get the job done and put asses in seats. And these fucking frauds actually managed to carve out a career on other people's ideas. One of the problems is that very few comedians stand up for what's right. They may talk about it privately, but very few stand up and take a stand. I have before, especially on the subject of Dennis Leary stealing from one of my favorite comedians, the late great Bill Hicks. It's commonly known among stand-ups that Dennis stole a big chunk of Bill's act. But among the general population, it's actually a surprise to a lot of people. Why? Pretty much because no one that anyone will listen to on this subject stood up and said something about it publicly. No one defended the integrity of this art form. They just let a pretender and a hack steal ideas from a great mind. He pretty much got away with it, too. He went on to have success in films, and unfortunately Bill Hicks died of cancer because, you know, well, before most people knew who he was or what he had to say. It really killed me because I started out a Dennis Leary fan. I remember watching him in Boston laughing hysterically at his act, thinking it was all his. I was really impressed. For a few months, he was actually my favorite comedian. His jokes on Jim Fix dying while jogging and how ironic that was and about how John Lennon was dead but Barry Manilow continued to pump out his albums made me howl. Then I saw Hicks and I got confused. He was doing the same material, almost word for word. I didn't get it. Something was wrong. I was only doing stand-up a few months at a time, so I asked some of the local pros and they all had the same answer. Leary is a thief. I couldn't fucking believe it. How could this be? How could a guy stealing ideas be allowed to perform? The club owners didn't care. 
They turned a blind eye and profited off their higher performer pilfering materials from others. Huh. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> it was a horrible feeling and it felt and it set a terrible precedent. If you could get away with it, what would stop people from stealing my shit? Turns out nothing and no one stopped them unless I stood up for and said something myself. The latest and most disgusting joke thief is a guy named Carlos Mencia. The really crazy thing is, is that's not even his real name. He sells himself as being Mexican, but the reality is his name is Ned Holness. And he's actually half German, half Honduran. Hmm. The Mexican hook is something he did to ingratiate himself. Some Holness. <laughs> with the local Mexican population of L.A. where he started. Now, normally I wouldn't dedicate so much time to talk about a piece of shit like Ned on my website, <laughs> but this stupid motherfucker talks shit about me on the radio, so it's open season for hacks. Here's what happened and how I reported on it, my message board and where it all started. Got a funny email today from one of the guys on the Frank show in Tucson saying that Carlos, or a.k.a. Ned Holness, or however the fuck you spell it, his real name, a.k.a. the phony Mexican or Carlos Menstila, <laughs> What other you know? What other comics call him was talking shit about me on the radio. Sent me an audio file since I'm bored in a fucking hotel room. I listened to it. I thought I would share it with you guys because you're the cause of it with the barrage of hate you sent to his website. <laughs> he talks about how you guys are saying he sounds a lot like me and how I said the force was weak with him, which I did, and that was being nice. What I should have said was that he's a fucking weak-minded, delusional joke thief. What's really interesting is that I said what I said about him here. Since this is a private forum that the public can't read unless I sign up, that means he signed up and he's a member. <laughs> Did he respond? No. He sits back like a little lurker, sponge sucking up ideas for new jokes and listening to people talk shit about him but not having the fucking balls to stand up for himself. What's really funny is that he refers to himself in this audio clip as The Punisher. That's his nickname. Listen up, you fat delusional hack. You can't give yourself a fucking nickname, you no-friends-having douchebag. I'm the Terminator. There, I have a nickname now. The only thing you punish is the attention span of anyone in your fucking audience with an IQ above 60. What's really hysterical is that he talks about a fictional occurrence at the comedy store. I nervously watched him in the back of the room <coughs> and where me and a bunch of comics supposedly sat around and talked about him for an hour. And then finally in this fantasy scenario, I admitted that he's really good. I'm going to be clear, stupid. That never fucking happened. The only time any comic, including me, watches you is to see if you're stealing material, which you do all the fucking time. See, that's what people say, you steal, because it's a fucking fact. No one is running around saying Chris Rock is a thief or Dave Chappelle is a thief, or even me for that matter. But hundreds of fucking comics recognize you as a thief. What, they're all jealous? They're jealous of you and not fuck Chris fucking Rock? I forgot. He's not the Punisher. I've seen you steal over and over again. I've seen you steal from Paul Mooney. I've seen you steal from Dave Chappelle. I've seen you steal from old Richard Pryor albums. I've seen you steal from Jeff fucking Foxworthy. Your mind is weak. Keep talking shit, fat boy. I'll keep exposing you. Enjoy the audio clip here. Carlos talking shit on the radio. Now, the really funny thing is that Carlos was claiming that I was watching him on stage, pacing the back of the room, and then reluctantly admitting his greatness to other comics. What's funny about that is my trusty cameraman actually filmed Carlos watching me on stage from various parts of the room and then filmed him sucking on stage after him and me talking about how terrible he was. He even edited it together from the radio station in Arizona. Check it out here. Carlos owned. <coughs> Here's another great article written by someone about the phony cocksucker, Hope in America. If you really love comedy, stop supporting joke thieves. Here's some more audio. This time of George Lopez from the Stern Show yesterday talking about what a thief Carlos is. Lopez on Stern. I don't care for George Lopez, 
But when George Lopez says you're a fucking thief and George Lopez has been... <laughs> George Lopez is not... He stole a kidney! Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that George Lopez is a piece of shit because he's not. I've heard that he's super fucking cool. He just got divorced for whatever reason. He got caught. He got caught. He got divorced. She gets half. Fame makes you lame. Yep. <laughs> so... I just wanted I the reason why I read that is twofold, okay? And I'm going to go Even though you could have read it with your flick of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Even though so I don't have to do my flick of the week. I'm going to do I'm going to do the other one. What? I have to find it. Uh Where did he put that? Where did he put that? Where are you? Is it that warm in here? Yeah. Fat boy's getting hot. It's the part where he basically said, no one else will stand up to it, so I will stand up to it. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I, will, I will out you because you're a piece of shit. Uh-huh. Okay? That's what I'm looking for. Ah, uh, right here. Why? No one... N- because no one... It's just, that is disheartening to hear about Dennis Leary. I yeah. didn't fucking know that. Oh, yeah. I've known that for a long time. Because I like uh, Dennis Leary. Would it- listen to on the subject, stood up, and say something about it publicly. No one defended the integrity. The integrity, um, standing up for something, yeah, is fucking important. Yeah, I'm going through that right now. I'm going because, look, my integrity and the way that I carry myself when I work for somebody is more important than anything else in the world. Yeah, and when I when the company that I work for shits on my integrity and doesn't listen. Then it's time to take a stand. When is enough enough? Well, the, the fucking straw broke that camel's back over the weekend. I've put up with enough shit from these fucking corporate shills, from these fucking uncaring tool bags, from the car industry, mm. from technology. Healthcare. Healthcare. I don't give a fuck who you are. Insurance. Any place that I've worked, <clears throat> if you turn a blind eye to something that's wrong, Fuck you! I'm gonna. I'm calling you out on it. Yeah. Now, I'm not calling out the people I work with because they only can. They don't want to lose their jobs. That's fine. Yeah. They. That's fear-based fucking employment. Yeah. And I don't buy into that. I make minimum wage. You want to know what I make? I make forty-five dollars a day, with two days off. You do the math. Yeah. It comes out to about a thousand dollars a month. That's what they pay me. They don't. They they have such respect for their employees that that's what they pay them about forty five dollars a day, a hundred fifty two billion dollar corporation. Aren't they worth more than that now? It may be. I think I thought they were like two sixty three or something now. Yeah, whatever. Like the only company that's bigger than them is like Amazon or something. No. No. Five thousand stores, dude. Each store makes about a hundred million dollars a year. Mm. You can do the math on your own. Yeah. So. I have had enough, but this is neither here nor there. I can't talk about it. On, well, Did you watch I can. That, that fucking conspiracy video I, to- I showed you? No. I don't care. <laughs> it's just funny. I don't I don't watch. I, I can't stand watching bad conspiracy shit, dude. It's, I, it was, it, dude, it's just funny. I, you think it's funny. I think it's funny. I think it's bad. It's funny that someone took the time to fucking try to convince people of, of what they really believe of something. Well, that's, every, dude, that was news years ago. I know. So I've already seen it. I don't. I don't care about those stupid videos. I don't, I don't. That's why I can't watch them. They're stupid videos because they're these people are fucking completely uninformed. 
Going, oh, they're going to be concentration camps in the next five years. We're all going to be fucking living in these Nazi-ass fucking hovels waiting to be burned to death. Fuck off. You know, you know nothing about what you're talking about. And the fucking truth is even more bizarre than what you really believe it is. <laughs> they didn't close that fucking Walmart to turn it into a concentration camp. They closed that Walmart because people were trying to unionize there. Uh-huh. That's the simple truth. But Walmart won't fucking talk about it. They won't, they won't be honest with people. And they'd rather, instead of selling it, they just would rather pay they security fucking, to watch over it? They fucking shut it down and fired everybody. And just tax write it off or whatever. Yeah, doesn't matter to them. They probably can't sell the property, so it's too expensive. It was one of the things the guy talked about in the video was the fucking, every Walmart that you look at from satellite has some kind of a, a, a drainage culvert from it. I do. I, I, I'm not get, trying to say that the guy was right. I'm just. They don't, but that's okay. <laughs> He's just, I, I guy, the guy's fucking guy hops fences and fucking pops through trees, asking these these guys working on the property. Afterwards. What are you doing? Nothing. Yeah. Can you explain to me why you're uh, why you have these giant containers that look like coffins? <laughs> why you're drilling into the foundation underneath the building? You're just saying that it's plumbing. Yeah. So I. Oh, whatever. Some just some shit's fucking hilarious, man. And uh, and conspiracy theorists and and stuff will lead into my flick of the week when we get to it. So, <laughs> without any more adieu. Oh wait, fuck. Were you done? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. sorry. I <laughs> I didn't want to. Uh, no, no. I was I was done. No worries. All right. I thought you. Were, so you know. okay. All right. So, <laughs> if I wasn't done, I would have said something. So Mike and I we went and saw the uh, the for, new for the the games. final well the quote unquote. No, there's a there's a fourth one. I I know, made. but but like from what I heard, this is going to be, of course, duh, the last one with Caesar. So, um, and then it'll start to go off in its thing, leading to the original Planet of the Apes kind of thing. So, which you know what? Um, before we went and saw War for the Planet of the Apes, I went and watched the or the first one, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, because why? Because I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I wanted I wanted in case there was any kind of callback to the first film um, when we're watching War. That I would recognize it, so it, it just it had everything fresh in my mind. Okay. So, uh, and I watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes today, okay. uh, which fucking damn, dude. Uh, I still think Toby Kebbell as Koba fucking amazing. Uh, but whatever, he pops up in this movie too uh, for a couple of uh, nightmare sequences. Imagine that. Uh, which great. I'm glad that they thought about that because they thought about bringing him back in in some form or another because he was a, an awesome villain. Imagine. <laughs> Do you have to go to the bathroom? No, my back hurts. Oh, I know how that feels. Uh, my upper back. So, you know what? This is, look, I when it came to the first, uh, you know, Planet of the Apes prequel, I was like, eh, you know, because they're always doing reboots or prequels and blah, blah, blah. No, high, no high hopes for it, right? And then all of a sudden we went and saw, or I, well, it was before we were doing the podcast shit, but went and saw it and I really liked it. And I was like, damn, this is surprisingly good. It's very excellently done. This movie is great. <laughs> Let me tell you more about this movie. It's the Bay's Nates. I really enjoy this movie. <laughs> so, and then, so then we went and saw Dawn of the Planet Apes, and that was a really we, good movie. We really liked it. You loved. I thought we saw. I thought we saw. No, we, we saw Dawn. We of the saw Planet Dawn. Of the we saw Dawn. Me and you saw Dawn, uh, and you. I remember those things that you specifically um, called out about the movie. Uh, you really liked the part where Gary Oldman's character, right after the electricity gets turned back on, you talked about how the little things, like where he heard the the noise of his uh, his tablet turning on. Right. 
And you're like, and you go, that that was a natural thing, right? And how he did that. And he picked it up. He started going through it. You know, I was like, fuck, it's been like 10 years, right? Since he's got to play with it. Um, and, you know, things like that. And it was, you know, there was barely any negatives with that movie. I thought we saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It's 2011, so no. Because I saw that. I I don't work. That's, most of the movies I can recall if I've seen them in theaters or not. I can't recall if I saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes in theaters, but I know I saw it. I think I did see it in theaters because it was getting a lot of good reviews. So I think I did. I just can't remember where I saw it. Most of the most of the time, I can recall what movie I was I've seen what theater at. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Me too. Um, and that's cool. <laughs> I was at this theater, my friend, and we were sitting there <laughs> and we were watching this Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I saw Boys of the Hood. I saw I seen uh, Wayne's World, and I seen uh, Natural Born Killers. I saw I all of it. them. I saw all of them at the at the Forty Nine er Drive In, man. <laughs> that does maybe not exist saw, anymore. Yeah, maybe I saw the Forty Nine er Drive In is like the Galaxy Theater in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> the Forty Nine er Drive In. Ugh, that place is just a huge like grain field now. Yeah, it took all the asphalt out and everything. They, asphalt. There's not even evidence of the flea market yes, there anymore. Yes, my friend. There's nothing there. No, the poles sticking out for that used to have speakers on them. Give you some poles. <laughs> I'll give you the poles. Yeah, I, I remember seeing Maybe I watched it on HBO. I don't know. Oh, so, um, and then Rupert Wyatt did the first one. And Matt Reeves, who directed Cloverfield um, and a couple other good movies, um, he directed the last two. Um, and this, you look, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was really good. And when war, you know, the, the inevitable war, come, what was up? Okay. What do you got? Let's go back to the beginning, the first film. Because John Lithgow is in the movie. Yeah. He's, he plays an Alzheimer's patient. Yeah, right? he's, he's J, J, Franco's dad. Yeah. And they are testing a drug on a monkey. Yeah. The L, ALZ-112. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, the monkey escapes, gets shot in the middle of the presentation while they're trying to sell it to the fucking the board members. Yeah. And then they develop ALZ-113, which is the next step, right? Yeah, and that's the one that ended up transferring... Right, that's the gaseous version. Yeah. Um... But right here, Will treats his dementia-suffering father, Charles, with ALZ-112, which seems to restore his cognitive ability. Yeah. Five years later, he becomes... Charles's condition returns as he becomes resistant to ALZ-112. Yes. Okay? Caesar injures a neighbor, Douglas Hunsaker, da-da-da-da-da, okay? Jacobs clears development of a more powerful AL, the ALZ-113. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will treats his dementia-suffering father with ALZ-112, and then five years later, he becomes resistant to ALZ-112. Yeah. They develop ALZ-113, okay? Yeah. Humans get ALZ-113 and start dying, but those that are resistant to ALZ-113 survive. And then later on... What happens? One of the things that ends up happening in this movie, that... It's where the humans start to be regress. They de-evolve. I don't think they're devolving. I think they have a form of Alzheimer's, which kills the brain. So there's speech and um, what was the other thing? There was a speech. Uh, there was two things, but one of them was speech. Yeah, and it was well, IQ. It was yeah, speech and IQ. Thank you. Speech and IQ start to drop. They mm-hmm. become fucking morons. Yeah. Right. And then and that that leads into it. Now, if you haven't seen the original Planet of the Apes, yeah. you know, fucking get into the 1960s. Yeah. Or watch Madagascar. Yeah. <laughs> Darn you. Darn you to heck. Yeah. <laughs> you damn dirty monkeys. 
I want to be able to do a fucking. I want to do two. There's Charlton Heston. You want to be able to do Charlton Heston? There's two fucking voices I want to yeah. be able to do. Ooh. One of them is Charlton Heston, right. and the other one is Kirk Douglas. I thought you were going to say um, not Marlon Brando, but the Snow Peas. You know, the Frozen Peas. The- I, oh, I want to do that too. <laughs> I'll work on that one. The uh, you know the the fucking uh, Orson Welles. Cade. Yeah, yeah, Orson Welles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rosebud. Rose. Bud. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 mm. <laughs> Pinky. <laughs> so, with the development of ALZ-113, it's just another form of the same drug, but in gaseous, and maybe a little bit more powerful, right? Yeah. Obviously a lot more powerful because they fucking hammered a bunch of apes and Yeah, boom. and that's the one that made... Um, Caesar already smart, smarter than the average ape. So, because he was born with it, they, the people are affected, the people that are affected by ALZ one thirteen die. The people that are quote unquote unaffected don't die, but start to devolve. Yeah, in a sense, I'm saying that yeah. they what they're actually doing is they're actually getting Alzheimer's disease. It, or that's a, a cool form theory. Uh, the only problem I got is that, um, like Matt Reeves pretty much said in interviews that. They did that on purpose with the regression thing and the devolving, just so that it ties into the original. That's what I'm talking Planet about. Planet of the Apes, yeah. It's, it's it's not a theory. It's the truth. This is I'm not talking about a theory. What I'm talking about, I'm I'm talking about a partial theory. Okay. And the partial theory is the the humans have to evolve and devolve. Okay. Yeah. Now, in the original Planet of the Apes, you had the smart people and the dumb people. Yeah. Now you have two different camps. So one of the, the one of the camps is obviously people that are completely resistant to the drug. Yeah. So it's not going to affect them whatsoever. And then the other people that were well, they're not resistant to the drug anymore. Yeah. That's how they have evolved into two separate. It's like hum, Homo erectus. Yeah. And Homo sapien. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. You have two different camps of people. One that's completely evolved into normal humans. One that's fucking dumb as shit. Yeah. Deaf mutes. Right. <laughs> Not deaf mutes, but just mutes. Retards. Yeah. And they are the 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 ones that can't talk and have a devolved IQ are the descendants of the original human population that was affected by the the gas from ALZ one twelve and one thirteen. Yeah. Okay. So that's my theory. My theory is is that the ALZ-113 is getting these chimps smarter. However, as they pr- re- reproduce and stuff like that, yeah. they're able to get vocal cognization, look human and almost humanish. Yeah. And as the humans devolve, they're not devolving. Their brain isn't isn't forming properly because of the a- because of the Alzheimer's disease. So it okay. destroys it destroys the the <clears throat> cognitive functions and makes them stupid and their speech centers. You know, and you bringing all that up, it it shows that the the little things, the little the extra effort that was put into making this trilogy, you know, and and things that make sense, like rational kind of sense, and and you know, uh, you know, realism, and 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 all the little throwbacks as well to the original, you know, original Planet of the Apes films, especially the the first film. Um, it, it just you can tell that it wasn't like, oh, we're just gonna make a Planet of the Apes thing and we'll do whatever we want with it right no instead it's it's very planned out very th- you know thought through and um even the music with this movie um by uh, michael Giacchino or however you want to pronounce it um 
holy shit, I already knew the guy had done a, a, bu- a bunch Gia, of stuff. Giacchino, I think. Yeah. I mean, Hans Zimmer right now is, you know, look, John Williams is the fucking, he's the king. But I'm talking about my current favorite. It's probably Hans Zimmer because there's so many fucking amazing scores that he does now. Um, it's like he's taking the mantle in a way, right? Right. And, but dude, Giacchino, man, that fucking guy, if you look up his filmography, even TV shows he's done, he's like, God damn, dude, this guy is amazing. I mean, he created the, if you ever go back and listen to the sound, um, the score for Lost, it, it, it is so well done. I mean, the music alone is like a character. That's how good it is. Um, and with this movie, the music just fucking did the drum beats and the and it seemed like there were times where the score um, took elements of the original score from Planet of the Apes from the '60s and implemented it into the film and to give you this connection to it, right? To just like bring it all full circle in a way. And it just it fucking bravo. I don't I don't notice musical scores very often unless they really really stand out, and the the score in this film really stood out. Right. Um, and you know what? I look. I I know we're gonna try to change it up a little bit with how we do the pre- presentation of our reviews, but um, you we're know, gonna, well, we're gonna do that when we reboot the podcast. Yeah. So, but it's you know. Oh, did I give away a secret that we're doing? <laughs> uh, just so you guys know, as of the end of August. We are ending our affiliation with SoundCloud. Um, I'm not going to pay a company to waste money and then, you know, beg people for more money through their VCs and whatever else, these these fucking investors, and then continually pay upper management and their shareholders tons of money and then fuck over their employees by hiring them and then turning around and not hiring them on the same, f- you know, as they're getting ready to fucking fly out to Germany or wherever SoundCloud is located. <laughs> I refuse to I refuse to back a company that's going to treat people like that. Yeah, I, it looks like we haven't been we haven't seen any love for us being on there either yeah. at all. 20 listens a show. I'm not and we're not the only one, you know. I've, I'm having having read through, you know, this podcast community thing. And all these people that are with SoundCloud are like, hey, what is anybody else doing to get more listens, you know, on your podcast? Because right now we're only getting like 20 or 30 and we've been around for like five or six years. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And it's just like fucking ding, 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 rolling through. And I'm like, okay, glad. I'm I'm finally glad that I'm not the only one that's having these problems. <laughs> we don't suck. Yeah. SoundCloud sucks. Yeah. There's, there's a fucking, there's something broken somewhere. Yeah. So. We're we're moving into a more, a more uh, we're moving into a, uh, a high rise apartment <laughs> <laughs> in the sky. In the sky, <laughs> we're we're gonna get our own hosting. Fuck this shit. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the score. Yeah. It this it was its own character in this movie. Uh, I apologize for the tangent. That's right. Uh, we we need a tangent. Tangent. Gotta have a montage. Hey, for time. <laughs> so, uh. Look, I didn't really think about this until right before I, I started writing my review for it, which I'm still not done with it. But I, I good job, John. I, I really started thinking about it now. Even though this movie is really good, it's really good. I was entertained from start to finish. Um, if you really think about it, the story there's not much story to this one. This is Apocalypse Now. It is. It is very much um, to me. It's like Apocalypse Now. Well, uh, okay, part of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What did you like about the movie? The look. Okay. The the character interactions. I'll, I'll give you one example right now. The fucking poster uh-huh. where you see the snow 
Yeah. And sees her on a horse. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. The whole, that whole second part, or the middle part, if you want to call it that, the whole second act is what it is. The the whole, the Great Escape? <laughs> you know. Well, like, yeah, the build up to Great Escape? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, where they're tracking the humans and they get into the, into the fucking mountains and they're heading towards the border and it's all snowy and everything like yeah. that. I have always loved movies that go to the extreme. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you know, I can see trees anytime I want to. Fucking, I don't care. I walk outside and see a tree. Yeah. Right. But, like, movies that have snow in them, for some reason, strike me as just amazing. Hey, Flight. <laughs> Even, God forbid, God forbid, The Revenant, because it looked great. No, no, yeah, th- that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, uh, the James Bond scenes where he's skiing and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or he's being chased. Not water skiing, snow skiing. Uh, duh. <laughs> because I just talked about fucking snow. I t- I wanted to. I was referring to the one of the worst CGI sequences ever is the water skiing one with the Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, and it's so fucking horrible. It, you know, uh, Empire Strikes Back, Hoth. Yeah, you know, and that's probably where it came from. Is is Empire Strikes Back, and then the, a couple of early James Bond movies with Roger Moore. Yeah, I was gonna say Roger Craig, but he played the, for the Forty ers <laughs> And the fact that I I was born in Massachusetts, so snow. You know, during the winter. And it's always affected me when I see movies that have beautiful fucking scenery, uh-huh. and and it's kind of an actiony movie with snow and whatnot in it. So I bet you love the uh, the so- the snow sequence in Inception, huh? Never saw Inception. Oh shit! Okay, damn. I it's just one of those movies that I was never interested in seeing. I've got to watch it just you know to round out my film knowledge, but it's one of those movies that I've never. I I just never had an interest. When did that movie come out? Inception was two thousand nine. Yeah, that's there's no a reason. no two thousand ten. Yeah, there's a reason for that because there was two years between the Dark Knight and that one, and yeah, yeah, there's there's a reason. So there's a reason. Yeah, that's a fucking year that I lost. I know life shit. I know. So I uh, I'm butt fucking with you. All right. I, uh, I I I like movies like this. I like movies that have incredible scenery. Yeah, but more so. More so, I just like movies that fucking they have snow in them for some reason. This oh, is like, so stupid! Like I don't know, the greatest action movie of all time, Nakatomi Plaza, Christmas. Hmm. Didn't have fucking snow in it. That was in L.A. It started snowing at the end of the movie. No, it did start to snow at the end of the movie. It doesn't snow. That wasn't mm-hmm. snow. Oh, it was just debris from the yeah. building. God yeah. damn it! Well, well, it was made to look like snow. Yeah, it was, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know the weather outside is frightful. I need backup assistance now, now, God damn it, now! I wanted to yell it, but you know can't. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but you know even Die Hard two, Die Hard two had snow in it. So there you go. You're right. You're right. Okay. God damn, I'm right. You're right. You're right. And when you, you're always right. All right. <laughs> so yeah, that that was my long fucking. Yeah. So the, the movie was fucking beautiful, and that first sequence. With the soldiers going uphill, uh-huh. and they had the Vietnam flashback yeah. type helmets, you know, with the writing on them, you know, the, their own little personal anti ape shit, yeah. and the just the fucking the the core the choreography of it, man, the, just the the it was like a long shot, right? The long take where it just they're crawling up this and it's quiet, and they know to be fucking quiet, right? Because they've been fighting with the monkeys for twenty, you know, t- or two years, right? Leading into when this is starting, and. Just that whole sequence, fucking awesome! Like everyone gets wiped out except the, I. I'm sorry, but that guy to me is the saving Private Ryan guy. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I was watching as I was watching the movie. Yeah, 
So when the humans start coming up and then they finally start firing into the apes, yeah. and you have that one ape that's on the horseback, yeah. and I, whatever, female, male, doesn't matter, and the ape starts to ride on horseback, the only thing I could think of is, look, we we're watching these movies and they're all fucking fantasy, and then I, and I'm like projecting myself, I'm like, what if you actually saw this? You saw this fucking simian on the back of a horse whooping like a like an Indian, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's just he's making that fucking chimpanzee howl. Yeah. That is fucking terrifying. I bet. And and it's oh, uh by the way, that whole sequence where the guy the dude is riding or the, the monkey's on the horseback goes right and you hear the other horses you hear something coming yeah. and it turns out to be the other monkeys. Chimpanzees, whatever you want to call it, it's monkeyisms, right? <laughs> I'm a monkeyist. Yes. And that scene was taken directly from two sources. The first source is, I'm, I'm, you don't know. I'm enthralled, man. Come on, fucking the Phantom Menace. Okay. That scene was taken directly, which was taken from, um, I think it was Hidden Fortress. Okay. Uh, or one of Kurosawa's Kurosawa, whatever. Kurosawa. You know. Yeah. One of his movies where you saw the, the, the band of samurai riding through the fog uh-huh. slowly. In, in, in The Phantom Menace, it's the, it's the Gungans as they're coming through the fog. Yeah. That's a direct fucking take from one of Kurosawa's movies. And I believe it's Hidden Fortress. I believe okay. it's Hidden Fortress. I could be mistaken. I, I, I know for reading the trivia and all this stuff that Reeves and another, um, like one of the producers or writers, um, they watched a shit ton of. Uh, of movies that were that ended up influencing this last film here, you know, Apocalypse Now and and, and stuff like that. Um, so it, 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 you can tell that they um, wanted to get this yeah, here this style right here. for a war movie. Uh, I think it's from Ran. Okay, um, Kurosawa film that Lucas obviously borrowed from in creating the Gungans and the Mist shot. What Kurosawa film was that from? Um, Ran. It's chaos in Japanese. That's where it's from. Okay. Ran. So, um, Ran. Kurosawa. Kurosawa. There we go. Yeah. So. Perfect score. Uh, see if we can find the fog scene. Well, well I'll, I'll look it up while we're still talking about <laughs> it. But, um, All right. So, Phantom Menace. And then what was the other one? Ran. It was Ran. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? Phantom Menace is a 20th Century Fox movie. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. But it's not. It's not that, you know, they're trying to give an homage to fucking George Lucas or anything else like that. They're just, it it was so cool because you see these guys and it was so well done. Yeah. Nobody, nobody talks about some of these scenes of how, how perfectly staged they are. Yeah. You know, and like I said, how they, they don't talk about the fucking absolutely terrifying feeling of watching that goddamn monkey whoop on the back of the horse and how how chilling it is how you know if you put yourself into that situation if you were there you just happen to fucking stumble across it you're some stupid human yeah right and you're like ah and you see this fucking monkey just race well, across yeah, because the, the tundra for all of those people like say in dawn of the planet of the apes when they stumble across the apes Right, and the guy shoots one of the apes because he's fucking he's the asshole paranoid one of the group. Uh huh. Um, if you think about it, all those people that end up seeing the apes, all they knew about the apes at all was rumor and legend. Right? They had never seen them before, um, because they were you know they they were scattered about and they ended up all in San Francisco with other survivors. Right. Right. 
So imagine their perspective of it, you know. And I was and that Jason Clark, the actor who was the main character, became Caesar's friend in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted, to, I, I was going to specifically bring him up for this movie because there's, there's something I want to talk about with him. Was um, if you don't mind, uh, Jason Clark's uh, character Malcolm, who if you remember in in, uh, in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, was a very important character. Uh-huh. He, you know, he was like he became Caesar's friend, and and Caesar trusted him because he he the guy was genuine, right? Well, one of the things I definitely noticed when I was watching the, the War for the Planet of the Apes is that Jason Clark's character, Malcolm, is never mentioned at all in this entire film. And I found out after seeing the movie why. There was an interview with uh, Matt Reeves, the director, and he said there, there was a scene that he cut because of you know plotting or, or you know pacing or whatever. But there's a scene where w- one of the times when Caesar is talking to Woody Harrelson's colonel character, who is based off of... Marlon Brando's, you know, Colonel from uh, Apocalypse Now. By right. the way, um, when there's a scene where that he cut out where um, Woody Harrelson starts talking about how when he first arrived in San Francisco, how um, a man came to talk to see him. Holy and t- shit! And talk to him about this is fucking. Ran is uh-huh. War for the Planet of the Apes. Okay, so it looks uh, it. Curious, I, dude. I still have not seen a Kurosawa film, and I, I I'm kind of pissed that I haven't because you can tell the guy put. I mean, the guy can know how to make a movie, large scale shit. <laughs> nice eyebrows. Fuck you and your fucking eyebrows. <laughs> Look at that right there. <clears throat> fucking fog. That's great. So, Kurosawa had had such great taste in in getting the shots. Okay. What the fuck was I talking about? I don't know. Before you Kurosawa would me. I don't know. I can't help you if you can't fucking focus. No, I can't. I can't stay fuck you, man. Um, anyway, Jason Clark's character. Right. So, in the interview, he said that during the 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 this, the deleted scene where Woody Woody's talking to Caesar, and he says that the man came to see him when he first got there, and he tried to tell him that you need to make peace with Caesar. It will it will it will help with everything, and then it eventually led into Woody Harrelson saying that he killed Jason Clark's character because he said the way that the guy thought was dangerous to what his plans were. Right. And it was chilling. I mean, just him describing the scene was fucking chilling. And I, I look, I'm not a director and you know, I, I wasn't there with the dailies and all that other shit and the editing process, but I'm just saying that and a, a character that important in, in the growth of Caesar as a character. Um, I think that it should have, it should have been in the movie one way or another there. It should have been there. That's one of my negatives with the movie. But the negatives that I have with this movie still don't keep me from hating it because I don't hate this movie at all. This movie's fucking look. There's times where I've gotten tired watching a movie and I start fucking nodding off and I end up having like like ten to fifteen minute spurt where I ended up sleeping and missing part of the movie. Right. Right. This movie, I was tr- my body was trying to fall asleep, and I was like I was doing that anti-stroke thing. I was like, no, <laughs> you know, and I'm like I have to fucking finish this movie no matter what. Right. And I did. I, I it feel the end starts to feel a little hazy. The last battle part, but not. I mean, for the most part, I remember it all. Okay, so right. And I even read about it just to double check. And yeah, it. it I saw it. So, um, I just have a shitty memory when it comes to movies I've seen. I, I just. I think that the reason why my memory with other movies is so good is because I've seen them so many times over and over again. I've memorized so much, like with Pulp Fiction and and yada yada. So especially Jurassic Park. Holy shit. Uh, but yeah. It, Jason Clark's character though I think that that should have been there 
because of how important his character was. And to disregard him is, like I said, it's not detrimental to the movie, but I think it would have added to how important the, the film was for the series. Okay. And for uh, Circus's character. Um, I know I'm going to be all over the place a little bit with this, but this movie is, besides the scenery and the sets, holy shit, how fucking beautiful everything looked. Um, the the characters, you know? Uh, you know, I mean, look, Andy Circus, holy shit, with each one of these movies, it's just he's just gotten better and better and better. And um, if there was ever a time, even when he played fucking Gollum, dude, if there was any time where you can make an argument for how good, how more recognized um, award-wise that someone that could do motion capture is than this final film for Andy Serkis um, as Caesar. It, but this is it. I mean, the fucking guy. Look, by the end of the film, all right, a, a CG character makes me forget. Andy Serkis' performance makes me forget that I'm looking at a CG character and... I you know and I I got fucking you know the lump in the throat at the end of the movie right it, it that that's that's circus that's his performance man that 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 guy fucking sells you on on his character every single movie you know and look he was awesome as Kong in in the two thousand five movie and like but this one bravo bravo it, Andy Circus needs some more love he's getting love but he needs even more love there you go all right okay um. The actor who played Maurice, um, Maurice the orangutan, is, you know, what a great character. Um, doesn't even have to say anything, and it, you know, Maurice emits more emotion from just a, the way that way that he looks and, and moves his hands and everything, than than most people do with a shitload of dialogue. Right. You know, great fucking character. You know, I mean, Rocket's been in all three films, and and Rocket's cool. Rocket has a couple moments here and there, but. You know the, the the ones I already mentioned, the ones that stand out. Um, but the one who stood out the most, putting those other ones aside, is Steve Zahn. I'm not a huge fan of Steve Zahn normally. Okay, he's just too goofy of a character, uh, of an actor. You know, when I hear his voice, I keep thinking of the what the fuck is that? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> right? You know right. the fucking strange world in this shark. Um, or, but there's only certain times where Steve's on. I've liked him as an actor. Like I liked him in I don't know the. Holy shit! What the fuck is the name of that movie? I don't know. The one with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. In close sight, sight. Fuck. All right. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 1998, based based on Elmore Leonard novel. Um, out of sight. There we go. Out of sight. Um, with uh, Michael Keaton. Uh. Steve's on in that. He played this pothead fucking criminal who got in way over his head with Don Cheadle's character and was fucking he was he, he was really good at that, playing a fucking pothead idiot. Um but most of the time Steve Zahn's used for this comedic effect and it doesn't really work for me. Okay. You know? But I'm sorry. And this one he was. Oh fuck dude. And I, I had to listen for, uh, for a few lines of dialogue before I was like, dude, that's Steve Zahn. Um but yeah, um him as Bad Ape totally delivered that character. I Shit, that, that this movie was so dreary at times because of the subject matter that his character brought a balance to it with with his humor and his 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 innocence, right? His character's innocence, uh-huh. and uh, the movie really needed it, needed his performance to be in there because um, there was another negative about the movie is the the little girl who plays the Nova, which is a throwback to a character that's in the original Planet of the Apes series named Nova, but. Um, 
the little girl in this movie, you could tell that she was only in this so that Caesar would have to um, interact with a human to show his humanity, that he's not all ape, you know, kind of thing, right? And it didn't seem necessary at all. It um, We've already seen this with, with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Even with Maurice. Maurice, in the, in the last movie, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, when he befriended um, the son of uh, Malcolm, you know, where he was drawing pictures and stuff. So you already saw that. You didn't really need to see that again. You already know that that if a human's good, that there's going to be caring about it. So you didn't have to have Maurice taking care of the little girl in this movie. You didn't have to have Caesar taking care of, or finally realizing, you know, how important the little girl is and everything like that, right? Right. You didn't need to. It had already been established what kind of person he is, even though he's going through in this movie in his Koba phase, right? Which is really cool. It was cool to see that, you know, when he broke his own rule about ape don't kill ape, and and then he fucking kills Koba at the end of the last movie. Spoiler alert. Oh no. <laughs> and and then uh and then he ends up, you know, going on this fucking uh, you know, uh, Captain Ahab Moby Dick thing with uh, him having to kill the colonel, right? Um and he ends up realizing that he's becoming like Koba because of his 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 thirst for revenge. But even though he's look, that's his own personal guilt, his character's own personal guilt because even though he was putting his revenge above a lot of things uh-huh. he still wasn't as bad as fucking Koba Koba betrayed everyone and killed people just to get his way just to get his revenge that wasn't Caesar Caesar wanted to go off on his own and do this shit but his mistake was he left his people and right. he could have been there for them when they got captured so um, and, you know and then I think my only other problem that I have with this movie that I can think of is the colonel character who's never named, I don't think. The Colonel character played by Woody Harrelson. Um, his character is very, very interesting, but there's not enough about him to really make me um, give a shit about about his performance. You know, there's certain villains that you love, right? You love to see, you know, Tom Hardy in The Revenant or things like that. But with this movie, Woody Harrelson's character was almost everything you saw of him in the trailers was what you saw in the movie, you know? Um Except for the when he gave the speech about him killing his own son because his son started becoming you know de evolving right right that was that that was like when I started getting interested in his character I, I think his name is Kurtz That's well I think Kurt, his name Kurtz is. was the character from Apocalypse Now so maybe I know, you're right but yeah. I think that Colonel was his Kurtz. name as well um and and uh, look and don't get me wrong I love Woody Harrelson Woody Harrelson is usually phenomenal in everything he's in this one he wasn't Zombie Land and um you know it him hmm. It just it didn't feel right. It, yeah, it felt incomplete. It felt very incomplete. Um, but I liked certain aspects of his character. I mean, when you know, dude, the whole scene where they come into the cave with the laser sights, the green laser sights. Uh-huh. I mean, that looked that was awesome. That was a cool effect. And it's like, dude, where the fuck have the green lasers been in movies? Right? <laughs> That's how awesome it looked. Right. But that whole scene where That's he doesn't right. say anything. He, he he ends up killing. I mean, look, spoiler alert. You you listen to the show, so you know we do spoiler alerts. You know, he ends up gunning down the wife and and the son, the oldest son of of Caesar, thinking that it was Caesar. Um, and oh, here it is, right here. So we were talking about the monkeys going in. Yeah. So the Gungans. I I just pulled up a real quick scene. So as we cut to the Gungans through. Yeah. That's that scene right. This scene right here. Yeah. Is directly taken from Ran. Ran. Where they're coming right out of the fog. It's cool. So, um, yeah, it's the, there's all these characters, man, and and the movie doesn't have a shit ton of 
of like lead actor speaking characters, right? With the humans, it was pretty much Woody Harrelson and a little bit of the that character named Preacher, who was the one that 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 Caesar spares at the beginning of the movie, the only one that survived when they, you know, all the humans got attacked, pretty much. You know, oh, it was like three or four humans that survived, right? Um, but that was the character I was mentioning earlier. He's he's the saving Ry- Private Ryan character of this movie, right? You know, because you know what happens at the end with him, right? Like if Caesar had fucking had, had not spared him. Maybe he would, you know, so yeah, that's my problem with the movie is that Woody Harrelson's character was, look, when you watch Apocalypse Now, the build up to you finally meeting Colonel Kurtz, you know, played by Marlon Brando, it pays off, it pays itself off, even though Marlon Brando, I think Kurtz is only in like fucking two or three scenes. Right. And then he's already gone, you know, the horror, the horror, but it. Oh, I watched Hot Shots. Oh, dude. thank you for reminding me of that. Was the movie I was going to review? <laughs> the fucking dude. <laughs> I loved you in Wall Street. Lloyd Bridges. My favorite part is when he goes pudding, and he goes, and it spits out of his fucking mouth and hits the guy in the face. And Kevin Dunn, I think, was the actor that got hit, and he goes, "No, thank you, sir." Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't. That that's just one of those stupid little things that got me. It, it fucking totally got me. <laughs> pudding. Uh, um, yes, Hot Shots is fucking hilarious. I'm okay. <laughs> Remember that scene? Uh-huh. Hit the balls. All right. Uh, uh, my favorite in the, in the movies is any time someone walked up to Walleye. Uh-huh. Like, hey, what's going on? Like, they're looking at a, at a fucking... You know, <laughs> yeah, like a, like an apartment thing? Yeah, in, yeah. in, in, in the uh, eye hole. Yeah. <laughs> what's your problem? <laughs> It's just fucking every time, man. That kills me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, the, you know, I can't really think. There's not too many other standout characters in this movie uh, because it, 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 it's this movie intelligently focuses more on Caesar since this is the end of the journey, right? Right. Um, and, yeah, the, there's the whole back. There wasn't enough with Woody Harrelson's character for us to really give a shit about him. You know, when that, that scene happens at the end of the movie with this character where he's drunk and now he can't speak anymore because now it's affecting him. Uh-huh. I, I, at that moment, maybe I was too tired to notice, but I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on with that scene at first when I first saw it. I, I just I was like, okay, there's the payoff, right? And, and it, you know what? He was, he was mouthing the words, yeah. kill me. And Caesar wouldn't do it, and he went, I hate you. Oh, shit. Okay, see, I, I must have been dozing then at that moment because I just heard him mumbling. So, okay. Yeah, he was he was trying to say the words, but... It, yeah. So he had the mouth, basically, I hate you. You're a coward. That's what he, That's the other thing. Yeah, so and so he, and, and Caesar just left him to his own device. Right. And so, okay. But I like, I like the, you know, thinking back on it, I like the, that it didn't become this huge fist fight between them, you know, you know, like like Battle of the Five Armies or some bullshit, right? Which I bring up on purpose because it's the third in a trilogy that ended up failing the whole trilogy, right? This is the opposite. This one, you know, it re-supports it. It just it backs it all up to make this whole trilogy worthwhile. Uh, that's why this this you know that's another one of the elements about this that works is it, it just it still knows how to. It, it didn't have to do that stupid f- fucking shit with the with with Colonel. Yeah. You know, like most movies, it'd be oh the inevitable one on one battle. Right, but it didn't matter. The colonel was just a, a minor piece in a way. It, yeah this this movie, this movie is basically the apoc- apocalypse now meets Rand. Yeah, and also I I mean you know him trying to you know 
take his people. <laughs> He'd let my people go. <laughs> like, I kept thinking, like, he's like the Ten Commandments guy, right? Yeah. He's like Moses. Um, <laughs> he's like the Ten Commandments guy. The Ten Commandments guy, you know. He's 15. 15. Come Fuck. Fuck. 10. 10 Commandments. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, look, this... This movie, it, it pays off. All right. Now, the weird part is I went on to IMDb, you know, and, and actually looked at people's um, little quick reviews for the movie, and there is a shit ton of people that hated this fucking movie. I, it blows my mind because, I mean, look, I, I know a lot of times there's times where people disagree with the critics, but just to see that this movie's only been out for a few days, maybe, you know, overseas a little longer, but for that many people to take the time to go on to IMDb and talk shit about this movie... It made no sense to me. It, and I read people's opinion of it, and I just did not see this movie that way at all. I saw this movie the way that pretty much it's being praised for. The acting, the characters, the look of it, the music. This is an overall good action movie. Just like, look, in my opinion, this is like the, the, the Dark Knight Rises. I know Mike has his own opinion about that, but <laughs> you got your own opinion. But uh, this is the Dark Knight Rises of the of the trilogy. It's it's better than the first one but not as good as the second one but it's good enough that it can stand on its own and it it makes everything feel right um dark knight rises and that's one of those movies i had to watch more than once to really get back into it or to, to to get into it because i had a i had a hate for it the first time i saw it but then my understand my 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 look at it changed and i took it as just its own its own Christopher Nolan thing, and was I'm just gonna leave it at that with that one. Uh, Are you talking about Dunkirk? I had to pee. No, but I do. I I, I do want to see Dunkirk. Um, I'm hearing good things. I want to see Valerian. We no, we're gonna see Valerian. So fuck Dunkirk. <laughs> fuck you and your Dunkirkiness. Hey, if you could if you could do that voice, then you could done you could have Dunkirk. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I, I planned that. I really did. So, oh, have you watched? Have you started watching Preacher season two yet? No. You fuck. All right. I'm see five episodes already, man. Where the fuck you been? Watching other things like oh, I don't know, Game of Thrones, and uh, working on rebuilding the website, and um, and getting sp- stolen from, robbed. Yeah, getting robbed, <laughs> and uh, working on the podcasts, and poisoning your brother. Poisoning my brother. All right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we got we got we we have still more to talk about. But um, look, we don't need to spend too much time on the movie. Um, it, it's those are the things that stood out to me about this. It, you know, the the ending pays off. You know, it's a Logan type ending, but it still pays off. Uh, and it it's fucking. Lo- I I really like it. I'm gonna buy this when it comes out on Blu-ray. Because I your score. Um, I'm probably gonna do an eight point five. I gave Dawn a nine point oh. This one I would say is an eight point five to me. What did we give it? What did we? What is the uh, today? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is at ninety five percent. Really? And uh, I gave it a seventy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my prediction was a seventy. Mm-hmm. Yours was a sixty eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we were technically. I mean, even though those weren't bad, we're still way the fuck off. Yeah, we are way off. Now with Valerian. I'm almost dead on. I, I I already saw like an early thing for it. It popped up on my fucking computer screen today, and I'm almost dead on with that rating, yep. with my, my prediction on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and yeah, it was pretty, yeah, this, the, what was it? The, the general consensus is 
looks great, but it's got some story problems or something. I don't know. It's got like um I don't know. Uh, they call it the narrative or some shit like that. I'm not I'm not a fucking director, so I don't know all the details of a movie, even though I've seen thousands upon thousands of my life, um, multiple, multiple times as well. Uh, anyway, uh, the movie also to me had uh, I think it had balls for killing off certain characters. Um, you know, I it, them for them to kill off his wife and his son, his oldest son, uh, was a surprise to me. I didn't think that they would do that. Maybe the wife, but not the son. You know. Um, because I thought he would be the one to carry on the mantle, but apparently not. And instead, it's going to be Cornelius. Shit. You know, so his youngest. What, what's a thirty-six new followers on Twitter? We're over a thousand. Oh, I thought you were going to say something like some tragedy just happened somewhere or something. Oh, like Alan Ram dying. Oh no, I fuck that guy. Um, no, I'm talking about uh, like oh, there's another nightclub shooting or or no, something. No, no, no. Oh, we got another shout out from uh, the guys that we make movies, Matt Torian crew. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well. Yep. So if you get a chance to see a cool independent film, go see We Make Movies. I just brought that up because Matt Torrey is fucking awesome. Yes, thank you, man. And uh, I you know, I gave uh, War of the Planet of the Apes an eight. Okay. You know, there's still some issues with it. It's I, I didn't care for Woody Harrelson's character. It was too... Almost cliche? Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's... There was no meat to the character. Yeah. There were some great moments, you know. Yeah. But it's like Mel Gibson in uh in, in Expendables Three. Yeah. He had some great moments, but not enough for Yeah, Mel Gibson and Machete. <laughs> I've forgotten a lot about Machete Kills, dude. <laughs> a lot. I remember seeing Gaga in it though. Right. Machete in space. <laughs> we're still waiting for it. Where the fuck is it? Yeah. Come on, Rob Rod. Machete, machete. All right, so yeah, uh, definitely go see, definitely, War of the Planet Apes, not a piece of shit, it is a wonderful film, check it out. Give it a shot. Okay, I'm shaking okay. the, I'm shaking the pectorals right now, okay? Uh, moving on, flick of the week, mine is, I look, I, my, my, my apartment was having a, a floor remodel. And so I was stuck in a hotel. My with apartment my kids. was being robbed. Stuck in a hotel, pretty much the same size as my apartment, um, for a few days. And I decided to binge a few stuff. Um, for one, I binged. This isn't my flick of the week. I binged uh, the first season of of uh, Stranger Things. It's only eight episodes, and I really liked it a lot more the second time watching it. The first time, I, I don't know, I was in some kind of fucking depression haze or something, and I didn't pay full attention to it. But the second time, I caught on more to the '80s ambiance of it all, and I fucking loved it even more. So, um, highly recommend Stranger Things if you if you're one of those weirdos that still hasn't seen it yet. Um, but mine is one of the things that I did watch was I look whether I believe in things or not. Most of the, almost everything I take an enormous grain of salt with when it comes to conspiracy theories and things like that. But one thing that is fascinating to me at times, if it's delivered in a in a, in a fun way, is alien abduction type stuff if it's done right and. I'll give you an example. There was, when I was a kid, and zombie movies usually were, yeah, definitely Night of the Living Dead was a movie that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, right? Well, there was one other thing that scared the shit out of me, and it was alien abductions. And the reason why was this. There was a movie that came out, I believe, in 1988 or 1989, starring Christopher Walken, and it was called Communion. And it was based off of a book written by a guy named Whitley Schreiber, who 
who claimed, of course he claimed, claimed that he was he's been abducted by aliens since he was like a child or some shit, and it's and now it's starting to bleed into his other his family life and all, everything else. Well, there's a scene in Communion where it's still to this day my first time seeing it gives me fucking chills, and it's a, hard for a movie to do that to me. There's this scene where Whitley Schreiber's sitting in his living room or he's in his bedroom, I can't remember where, and it's nighttime and his family's either gone or they're asleep. I think it's when they're gone. That's the only time he ever gets abducted, and He's sitting in his room, in his bedroom, and he's he knows that they're there because he already saw the lights outside and shit. And then all of a sudden, he looks at his from his bed. He looks at his doorway, which is open, and in, in the darkness, you can see a fucking alien head. You know the classic slant-eyed, you know whatever the nickname. How is. dare you, sir? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? The the slant-eyed aliens, right? <laughs> God damn it! That sounds so wrong. <laughs> I love those people. I have many of them as my friends. Uh, it just the way that it peeks around the corner at him and then fucking goes away. It fucking got me, man. It just that it's just one of those things, man. I that and zombies when I was a kid, fucking it got me. Things like that. If you can deliver an alien abduction story and and give me those chills, that's why I I wanted to, I really wanted to like Fire in the Sky. You know, that came out in like 1993 or whatever. You know, and that was an okay movie, but it wasn't great. Um, <clears throat> and then other kind of alien abduction tales that I can't think of off the top of my head. Most of them though didn't give me those chills. That none of them. I'm sorry, none of them have ever given me the the, the communion chills. You know, there's an alien in my room. I don't know if that was Woody Allen. Or- <laughs> wow. Wowzy woozah. <laughs> why are we fighting? So, anyway, that's why I'm interested in, in alien abduction stuff. Even though, it's just like with wrestling, I know it's bullshit. I, I, I know it's fake. It <laughs> Like aliens are going to take their time to go stick a, a probe up our buttholes or whatever. Uh, I do believe in aliens, but not in the way that these, these fucking, these hack artists try to you know, Bigfoot us with it, you know, I, I don't, but it's still, there's something about the mythology that's fucking fascinating me if it's done right. If you, you know, you can bullshit me, but as long as, it, you know, you bullshit, you entertain me while you're bullshitting me, you're going to sell me every time. That's, that's pretty much my gist with it. So long lead in, but my movie that I picked for the flick of the week is on Netflix. It's called Extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story. Uh, it was made in 2013. It came out in 2014. Netflix just started showing this recently, which coincidentally, 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 um, is right before the guy's trial for murder, ch- child, uh, pornography found on his, uh, computers and stuff. Um, now, most of the time when I watch this documentary, and this they announced this at the end of the documentary that, but still, you know, the, he's got compelling evidence, but he is, he's up for, you know, child molestation charges, or I'm sorry, child pornography charges, um, and yeah, his trial is on, like, starts July 31st of this year. Nice. So, anyway, the guy has claimed that he's, he, right now at this, um, at 2017, he's 54 years old. Uh, the guy is a novelist, um, you know, uh, Stan Romanek, and... He's claimed he claims that in between 2000 and 2013, the time when the documentary was made, that he had been abducted multiple times and that he's been stalked by government agents and aliens and all these different places that he's lived, you know, and that he, you know, gets phone calls from from like beautiful sounding women that call him Starseed and and say claim that he, you know, he has memories of him meeting his hybrid hybrid 
daughters that he had, you know, made with them when he was abducted and stuff, you know, unintentionally. And and he even has he has a shit ton of videos, his own videos that he, you know, where he grabbed the camera at the right time, right? You know, where there's some something in the sky, or there's lights flashing outside of his house, or an alien appearing in the window. Um, look, even though it looked cheesier and shit to me, and I know it was fucking fake, I still. It's like when I'm watching the Blair, the original Blair Witch Project. I know it's all fucking fake, but it's done in a way that it sells me and it gives me the creeps, you know? Sure. So that's what it does. And it, 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 <laughs> there's a couple scenes where he sets up a night vision camera to because he thinks he hears a noise outside of his house. And and, he, and he, you see this fucking head pop up and you could, you could kind of tell. I mean, it's dark, <laughs> but you can pretty much kind of tell that it's just someone with a hand in a fucking puppet going... Rr, rr, rr. Oh shit! Yeah. You know, kind of thing, right? Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so, so, it, but it's still it. The way he delivers oh. it, it's fucking. It just it, it it pulls you in for the most part. The first uh, two thirds of the movie, it's only an hour and a half. The first two thirds, it's just all a bunch of his video evidence, right? And so, and then the, the last ha- then the last third of the movie, it's just all of his friends and and people in the science community that are backing him up and and saying what kind of a good guy he is. It's like they're trying to re, you know, um, they're trying to make you, you know, like really think that he's a good guy because of what's about to, you know, they announced at the end where he's being charged with, you know, child pornography, right? Right. But he's been charged with it before even, but he got away, you know, there wasn't enough evidence years beforehand. So now he got caught again and this time they got all the evidence and shit. But there's people that have, you know, they've debunked some of his shit and there's, I guess there was even an interview where he admitted to faking some things. So, um, I don't expect you to go into, into extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story as a believer, I, I, not at all, not at fucking all. Just how entertaining it is that all the effort that this guy has put in to make this hoax, because he's made hundreds of fucking videos, and that's my point. It's entertaining, and if you like alien inductions type, type stuff, like uh, People of Earth, which is about to start season two in the next few days. Um, thank you for turning me on to that show. I, I like it. It's got a unique style to it. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I like alien abduction stuff like that. So it, it's just cool, and. <laughs> You know, uh, but anyway, uh, if he is guilty for what he says he did, then uh, burn in hell, you piece of shit. All right, Stan Romanek, huh. extraordinary. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I forgot about the bully threats. <laughs> people beating him up, pulling all people like you know, like the 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 Steven Seagal movie or something where someone like cuts him off in traffic, and then fucking they get out and they go, "You need to watch your mouth. Watch what you're saying. Watch your mouth, white boy." Yeah. Pretty much, and he goes. You need to shut your trap. All these hot. You could tell they were the way they moved. They were government trained. Uh huh. <laughs> you need to stop talking there, chunky. Holy shit! Did you see the trailer that just popped for uh, a movie called The Disaster Artist? No, I know what it's about though. Starring James Franco. I dude. Have you ever have f- you read anything about anything that's going on with that whole movie called The Room? Yes and no. I know a, a few things. Uh, a few months ago, my son's... Okay, I, I stop. What? No exposition. Just get into the meat of the story. Tell, get in, get out. Just that um, the director, Tommy Wazzo, yeah. um, he pretty much made a shitty-ass movie, and it has be- garnered so much cult status that it's a hit. Okay. There is an entire thread on Reddit that you need to read. Wow. Tommy Wiseau didn't direct that film. Okay. Somebody else directed the film. This other person that directed the film goes into this whole thing, and 
Tommy Wiseau is blocking a lot of the film being out in public. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a documentary. Sorry, it's not the film. It's a documentary about the room uh-huh. that is being blocked by Tommy Wiseau, who's basically saying to any movie theater that if you don't, if you, if you put this movie in your theater, yeah. you can't have my film. So he's effectively cock blocking this kid okay. that says that he's directed the film. And he has substantial evidence to back him up on this whole thing. Yeah. So now we got the James Franco version coming out, which is going to be very interesting. <laughs> and I don't know if I really want to go see this. I am definitely not. I don't want to go see The Room. I don't want to watch The Room. I, I <laughs> The whole trailer is that fucking scene. You know, I did not hit her. I did not. I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> it's just so fucking bad but to see Franco doing it it's him doing the scene over and over again right and it, yeah it's just fucking hilarious I uh, I'm interested because of, of what got built up with it with my kids watching fucking PewDiePie and PewDiePie talking about how it was the worst movie ever but there's there's this appeal to it there's this attraction about the room you can't understand it it's horrible but yet you're drawn to it right and and so I started watching like F Street because the movie, I can't find the fucking movie anywhere, but um, there, I know you could, there's some way you could find it, but I, you know, watching clips of it and shit like that, it's pretty fucking funny. So to see that they're making just this popping up out of nowhere with James Franco doing that scene, that famous scene, <laughs> I did not, um, it just out of nowhere, it was fucking hilarious. Like uh, at first I thought it was just them doing like their own little quick TV comedy skit or something, right? And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is a fucking movie. They're really doing this. And it's got a huge cast of big actors and cameos and even Tommy Wiseau's in it. So, Tommy Wiseau. It just looks funnier and shit. The Disaster Artist coming out in December. <laughs> you look, you really want to end shit. I'm just trying to get into my fucking review. And uh, I just Sorry, I had to bring up The Disaster Artist. I'm, my bad. It <laughs> doesn't matter. I, I Tommy Wiseau. Rumble in the Bronx. Jackie Chan comes to New York to attend the wedding of his uncle, who introduces his new African-American wife, Whitney, to Jackie at his supermarket, Mm -hmm. at his uncle's supermarket. His uncle has sold the supermarket to this girl. Her name is Elaine, and Uncle Bill is basically there to help with the transition and make sure everything's okay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And from that point on... Uh, a street gang starts a motorcycle race near the apartment, <laughs> and Jackie Chan doesn't like what's going on because he's his uncle has been loaned a, a vintage automobile for the wed- for a wedding for his wedding, and the the motorcycle gang is going to drive over the car, so Jackie Chan stops them from doing that, which starts a rivalry, and then they attack the supermarket. Look. I'm not. I, I'm not going to go to a rundown. Of yeah, please fucking don't. Movie. <laughs> Jackie Chan plays a cop from Hong Kong who basically comes to America to attend his uncle Bill's wedding. Who he meets a girl who owns a supermarket that used to be owned by his uncle. Yeah. And what happens is, is basically he starts a gang fight. By she's getting strong armed, right? Yeah, she's getting strong armed by this these this fucking gang, and Jackie Chan basically beats the shit out of them in their fu- in the fucking supermarket. Yeah, it's like fucking uh, it's like Jean Claude Van Damme and kickboxer. Yeah. yeah, and and it turns out that there's another gang, like the White Tigers or whatever they're called, 
And so the gang that tries to strong arm Jackie Chan's what is going to be her now his girlfriend. Yeah. Um they become friends with this gang yeah. to beat up the other gang. But that's not the whole point of this. This fucking movie is rad. Okay. <laughs> this movie is so fucking fun to watch. I remember when it came out, it came out in America. Nineteen ninety five. No, it came out in America in nineteen ninety six. And oh, it was went, er, okay, it was early 96, okay. And I went and saw it with some friends. I saw it too. And the fucking movie appeared as like, Jackie Chan, Rumble in the Bronx, you gotta go see this movie. I remember what theater I saw that too. And fucking, I was like, I gotta go see it, Jackie Chan, Drunken Master, all this other shit, fucking yeah. chops hockey, right? Uh, fucking Cannonball Run, brother. And his stunts and all the stuff that he did in this movie yeah you know like you said jumping through the shopping cart oh fucking amazing and, and you know the the fridge doors yeah the fridge doors and the <laughs> uh, pinball machine yeah and all this other stuff man it's it's amazing and then they have the fucking extra stuff behind the scenes he was he's been doing this for 20 years yeah. prior to fucking marvel motherfucker's still working with a cast on yeah and he yeah he jumped onto a he he broke his leg while jumping onto a hovercraft. Yeah, and he still did the stunt while jumping onto a hovercraft and skiing with a broken leg. Yeah, fuck that man. That guy's got some fucking cojones. Yeah, he's got some huge nuts. It's highly recommended. If you have never seen Rumble in the Bronx, it's a cheesy fucking story. Oh, but yeah. man, Definitely. the action scenes are well worth it. There's a new movie coming out with Jackie Chan this year, and I've already talked about it. Uh-huh. And I think it's called The Foreigner. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's got Pierce Brosnan in it, and Jackie Chan basically plays a fucking badass in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what'd you do to my daughter, motherfuckers? Yeah. yeah. So if you haven't seen the trailer, I highly recommend that too. Um, I, okay, so for, for Rumble for the Bronx, for me, I saw that in theaters. It was at the United Artists Theater, which is now gone, on Greenback, which has now been replaced by a Sam's Club. Uh, oh, okay. I know what you're yeah. I was always wondering what happened to that. I saw Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure there. I saw. I got dropped off in a limo to see Terminator Two there. Why? My friend's mom w- boyfriend was a limo driver, and we kept bugging him for months to give us a ride in the limo. And one day he's like, "Okay, I'm off. I'm on my way home. Where can you? You know, uh, I'll drop you guys off at the movies since you're going to the movies." Oh, awesome! So we get in the limo. He drops us off at the movies. I had sunglasses on. I got out, and people were like, "Oh, it's just a fat kid." <laughs> it was awesome though. I. But I'll tell you what, after riding a limo, I was like, what's the big fucking deal? It, it's not a big deal. It, but it, it just seemed cool when you're a kid. So it's just a long fucking car. Moving forward. <laughs> uh, anyway. Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah, United Artists, that's where I saw it. I saw a bunch of other shit there too. But uh, the funny part about when I was watching Rumble in the Bronx in the theater was I didn't know that it was spoken in Mandarin and with uh, only... And it, we know Cantonese. With voiceover, voiceover, and um, and then also, uh, I did you know because the American characters, they all were speaking in English. Uh-huh. So, me and the audience, because I most of the audience didn't know this as well. Um, you know, whatever you want to call us, fucking stupid, ignorant, whatever. But there was a moment where all of us realized it was like about I'd say about fifteen minutes or so into the film when there's all this dialogue inside the the um, grocery store, and. Me and the rest of the audience, or most of the audience, realized that they were speaking. You know, their lips weren't moving right with the fucking. We like, oh, overdub, and we all, everyone started laughing out of nowhere. It was funny because it just, yeah, we all had our racist moment, and 
but yeah, I love that fucking movie. It was it was fun. The story was stupider and shit. It wasn't like they put any effort into it, but the action was so goddamn funny and cool that it didn't matter. It was this movie was like a dumber version of the Drunken Master because the Drunken Master was actually effort put into it into the story more than this one. But it, they were trying to you yeah, know, like there was no effort put into the story. I <laughs> <laughs> rolling motherfucker. So yeah. Anyway, I I, I, I agree with you, man. Uh, you know, Jackie Chan movies don't get enough props around in this country. But you you watch movies like that. I even watch. You know what? Right before my grandma died, I watched uh, part of the, that movie with her, and she was actually impressed by the by the kung fu, by Jackie Chan's skills. Oh, very cool. She was laughing about it. Yeah. So, um, all right. So anyway, uh, any more about the rumble in the Bronx? No. <laughs> all right. Uh, lastly, uh, before we end this shit, uh, Game of Thrones season premiere, season seven. Oh, yeah, um, we still have more shit to talk about. No, not really. Um, <laughs> I love how it started. I, I, you know, my first impression, of course, when it first started was, I, th- you know, okay, it's the flashback sequence, right? But then I'd say about thirty seconds into it, um, before anyone even started taking drinks from their from their chalices or whatever, I already knew what it was. I, I was like, wait a minute, this is fucking Arya. She. <laughs> Are you alive? It, it, I I knew that it was like wait a minute. She's got the the face changes. She's got the you know the Mission Impossible fucking you know mask thingy skills. So I knew it. I, I already knew it before it was gonna happen. But it didn't matter when when the reveal happened. I was fucking clapping. It was like dude, that's how you intro a fucking show. Exactly. And I'm clapping. I was clapping. I I was like holy fuck, dude. I got the you know most shows don't give me the fucking excitement feels, and Game of Thrones gives me those those excitement feels. Yeah. You know, I, I just fuck. I didn't even realize how much I missed that show. You know, because it, it always flashes by so goddamn quickly. You know, ten episodes a season, it's just gone. But that makes it even better because they don't over fucking do anything, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, except maybe the gay sex, okay? <laughs> 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 All right. Um, Not my cup of tea, okay? But yeah, I look, man. The the, the I, from what I can recall, that first episode, it got you caught up with everybody. That that's important. That's relevant to the story, really quickly, and it's already moving shit forward, man. I, fucking damn. I think they spend, what was it? They spend like a, on average like four million dollars an episode, and you can tell. I mean, it's fucking, it's the quality of it's gotten even better and better and better with every season because yep. the budget's gotten bigger. Uh, to me, um, there's uh, there's definitely other contenders, but when it comes to fantasy, this is the top of the list. You know, with 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 TV shows, um, absolutely loved it. Uh, it's not like a lot of other shows that you know, like by the time they get old, you know, you feel it like you know, buckling under its own bullshit. It this is just fucking got way more shit to tell, and yeah, <laughs> love the whole Sam thing with the with the with the um the bedpans and how oh uh, yeah after, the montage yeah and after a while the bed I said that you I even sung that out while I was montage. watching it montage um but. It was funny how the bedpan started looking exactly like when he was pouring the soup. Yeah. You know, and it was like, yeah, see, I'm, he's going to get fucking tired of this any minute now. This is like his Nacho Libre moment. <laughs> so, uh, he steals the books and starts writing shit down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it reminded me of Doctor Strange in a way. Remember? Wanted to get to the forbidden section. Yep. Uh, so, anyway, uh, yeah, I, dude, I, I, there's part of me that really wants to just not watch the rest of the season or at least not watch like the next four episodes. And then fucking binge them and then do it again. Why? Because I, <laughs> you know why, man. One episode is just, it just ain't enough. It ain't enough, Mike. 
All right. Gotta have it now. Gotta have it now. Yeah, I'm spoiled. Binge me, baby. Binge me. Um, oh, advice real quick. If you watch Stranger Things, best advice, only watch about two episodes or so a day. Don't watch Bye. more than that. Because if you do, sometimes it has that bleed over effect where it just start you feel like you're watching repetition or something, and you're not, but it feels that way. Really, so don't do it. Or if you're gonna watch more than two episodes in a day, take a few hour break in between them. Why okay, don't you just let people do what they want. You fucking control freak. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next movie, of course, we will be talking about Valerian. On. on uh, are we? Are we? <laughs> we changed a goddamn much. Are we a couple of average Joes again? No. We're still this is not a couple of average Joes. <laughs> the fuck have you been I'm just, for the past I, six months? I, I appreciate your clarity, sir. Eight months. I, I, I'll say it. I'll say it, boy. All right. Um. So yes, Cinescape movie reviews. I am me. Cinescape movie review podcast. You are you. For eight months, I've had to fucking correct this. C'est la vie. I hope you enjoyed. Really, this the, is how you're going to end the fucking the, show with your stupid. I hope you enjoyed. Really, the movie review. This fucking dumb. <laughs> the, uh, hey, hey, two hours later. No. Two hours later. Good night. Yeah, there you go. Two hours later. <laughs> Good night. There you go. <laughs> That's how you should end it all. Every time we get a fucking podcast at the end of it, however long we've gone, like an hour and 45 minutes later. <laughs> we'll see the best pre-truncation. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. Doesn't matter. You just say it. C'est la vie. No. Don't say that. that, that like, Adieu. No. I, I'm. That can't be done anymore. That That's a dumb ending to the show. One hour and 45, 45 minutes, minutes later. later. <laughs> <laughs> see? Much better. <laughs> Uh, Fuck. Frogs. Yes. <laughs> good show! Jolly good show! Jolly good show indeed! Hakuna Matata, bitches! This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show, and if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle. That's what I call it, my handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. Tweet me at. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah, follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet, t- Twitter. You can Twitter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at. What about you? MPS 5150 because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do, button? The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well what is that one? Pro- show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. Ha, 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 ha.
So, uh, yeah, share, share, the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. <laughs> Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. This is the end. It's the end. Benito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.